Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Today we have not one, but two special guests here both co-founders of Making Waves Marketing, a women-owned boutique agency. First, we have Dee Dee Martz, who I had the pleasure of working with at the BB&T Center, who has a heavy background in venue marketing, leveraging live sporting events to drive bodies to concerts and activating brands at concerts and games. We also here have Linda Richardson, with a heavy retail and telecom marketing experience, spending time with Simon Malls and over 12 years with Metro PCS and T-Mobile, growing the brands in Florida and leveraging team relationships to reinforce and create new affinities for wireless needs. Hi, ladies. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. Thanks, for, thanks for coming today. Oh, thanks for, thanks having for us. inviting us. Cool. So I want to have a couple questions for both of you and then, you know, we'll tie it back into the agency uh, after we knock that out. So Didi, you have a variety of non-traditional sporting events at your venues over the years. You know, what have you found to be more successful and maybe what's been the biggest flop? Uh, I think a lot of the things we did were trying to get out of the box and connect with consumers or re that would go to, let's say, a sporting event like a Panthers game um, and how we could connect with connect other events to those people. So they were ca a captive audience that we knew had expendable income that were active in the community. So, for example, we do um, some some grassroots guerrilla marketing on the concourse of the arena to promote uh, different events. For example, Trans-Siberian Orchestra was a, a key component. We do a, a whole setup with a Christmas tree and gifts and a television monitor that would give the visual of a Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert with all the lasers and lights and flames and fire and rock music. Um, so we knew it was, we knew the Panthers were, the fans at a hockey game were the right fans for a TSO show. Um, so really just kind of thinking out, outside the box and connecting consumers for one line of entertainment to another. And I guess let's reverse that question then maybe, you know, for TSO, how did you leverage TSO potentially for some new hockey fans maybe coming in or leaving the building? You know, I worked both sides. So I worked in the arena itself where it was home, my home, and then I worked on the promoter side. Uh, so I think as a, I think it's important for sponsors who want to come in and sponsor, let's say, the, the, the sport of hockey or the team and be connected to the community. It's important to understand the opportunities and how to connect. Um, so I think email blasts, connecting, um, going back to those those ticket buyers for Trans-Siberian Orchestra and offering a, a special ticket offer to a hockey game or to some other uh, event that's coming it was, was key and instrumental and in, in knowing how to talk to those consumers. Great. Um, you know, I guess another thing is, you know, with your time working at large venues, whether it be Hard Rock, whether it be the BB&T Center, um, you know, what are some things you took from working at those venues to help leveraging sales at Cirque when you were working in other markets? Um, the fun thing I got to do working with Cirque du Soleil was being able to utilize the performers and, um, and connect with different venues throughout the country. Uh, we would have we would have performers go and sing the national anthem at a, at a Nationals game in DC or um, do a, a row of winners uh, at a hockey game or a baseball game. Um, we've had 
the performers on the field at a Miami Dolphins game. Um, so just kind of exploring how how one entertainment outlet connects to another, and and really that's all sports is. And 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 you know having maybe having performers rappel from the ceiling and do a puck drop, you know, and and knowing that people that are going to a hockey game are really going there to be entertained, um, and and being being sure to improve use that element for people and, and tie the two together. And you personally, where do you see was the most fun asset to activate, you know, of all those opportunities in the different markets? Oh man, there were so many fun things we did. Uh, I, I think well, I love what you did with Cirque. Every time you would do something with Cirque, because you got to play with the, the um, characters right. and, and right. the artists and it's so cool what they're capable of doing. We did, we even, when, when they were just here most recently, and I, God, I can't wait till they're back again. The we were able show, to- right? The 10 show at Hard Rock Stadium? Yeah, the, the show, we had Alegria here um, in Miami. It was here from December to late February um, of 19 into 20. Uh, we, we were able to get a mural painted in downtown Fort Lauderdale. That wow. was really spectacular, yeah. That's great, that's cool. And it's right in your backyard, right? So you get to see a mark you made all the time. Yeah, yeah, not like not like being in San Diego where I don't even know what's going on. No, and knowing no. that Tijuana. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Linda, so you know, I know obviously you know retail experience, but also heavy telecom. You know, mm -hmm. building a telecom brand in South Florida is pretty challenging. Um, how did you get through that clutter against all the major competitors? I think first it starts with understanding who your customer is. And on the Metro side of the T-Mobile business, we were really clear on who they are, what they look like, their demographics, their psychographic profile. And once you understand that and you understand where they are, what they do, where they engage, you know, how basically and where they live, work and play, if you understand that, then you can talk to the right customer base. If you're trying to talk to everybody, you're just not going to be able to do it and you're not going to be able to break through the clutter. But when you talk to the right person with the right message, you'll always be able to break through the clutter. And so we always took that into consideration when deciding, you know, what sports, what um, opportunities were out there for us to sponsor. And, and I think it played really well because at one point, you know, Metro was one of the top uh, wireless carriers in South Florida in particular beating out majority of the postpaid carriers and um, I kind of hung my hat a little bit on that one too. That's great and you know I was around Metro PCS a lot because a lot of their hospitality ran through the building right entertaining mm -hmm. you know, franchisees and just different people that integrate into the South Florida business and you know giveaways and, and activations that were really important for you. What creative collaboration do you feel most proud of working on with a sports team in, in, in that? Realm. And well, it was funny, and I didn't mean to end up on the Panthers when I when I came up with the idea, but I had two, and one was with the Panthers, and I think it was trying to find a way to make sure that your brand connects somehow with whatever entity you are sponsoring, and that that connection seems real and not forced. Yep. So you know when we were because that's going to make the difference. Like consumers are going to connect to that and get it and remember it. So at one point we were. Um, and this was early on in Metro days when it was, you were talking about unlimited calling, if you recall that, like how, many, how long ago was that when we had to talk about unlimited calling and now it's like unlimited, you know, data. But so it was about unlimited calling and we were trying to find a way to bring the brand to life with 
with the hockey team and nobody had really ever sponsored the penalty box. And so we started playing on that. So we wanted to do something different. So we did this, we had a whole bunch of different lines that the announcers would speak when somebody got put in the penalty box just to you know, have fun with it too. And like one was you're in trouble, call your mom with unlimited talk from Metro PCS or you got caught high sticking, don't get caught with a high cell phone bill call Metro Metro PCS like Very it really was. yeah but and it connected it and it yeah. made sense um, and it was fun at the same time so that was I think I think that was one of my favorites the other one was um, with youth youth sports and the work that we've done with the Orange Bowl or what Metro has done with the Orange Bowl I mean um, Metro had been a sponsor with them gosh it's probably going on 15 years and we built a, a campaign that was um, recognizing the team moms. Oh, cool. And, and that's, that's another thing that's not really ever done, but they do so much on the back end, managing so much, and, um, and it, they just never got recognized. So that was something I was really, really proud, with, proud of. And it, it continued to be a big program um, that Orange Bowl was proud of, that we were proud of, and recognizing team moms from the various leagues every year. And, and youth football is about as grassroots as it gets for a game and a, and a property like that. Right. Totally. And I thought about this when you said we were going to have this conversation is, um, you know, sometimes companies don't have the dollars to go and sponsor that NFL team or that NH, NH, NHL team, but they maybe the way in is through youth sports because that's, that's local, that's real. Um, and that's the start of the, these kids' um, love of, of any sport. And, and so maybe that's the way to play in when you talk about sports marketing, especially for um, some of the local businesses. And you know, Jared and the team over there like to create a year-round platform, right? So, you know, right. integrating into youth football is really important for them when they have one or two really big games or put to basketball, right? Three big events throughout the year, a platform that you're creating for them helps them, you know, be more relevant in the market on a 365-day mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, from youth sports, um, they had cheer and dance. They had a sailing regatta. <laughs> it was like, wow, yep. they got it. They're getting into lacrosse. That, that what the Orange Bowl does is, is phenomenal and, and building out um, uh, play parks for a couple of areas that definitely did the support was, was um, an added benefit of what they're doing for the community. I mean, can you say any particular campaign was just a flop or something that you didn't expect? Um, I, you know what I thought, and, and I thought about this too, right? So I don't know that anyone was, I could say was a flop Oh, well, maybe I could say there was a flop. <laughs> but we one. should. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I would say like there were community events that we went to where we knew this wasn't the right place for us because we would never engage with people. Yep. Um, and I think at one point there was a, um, a team that we were going and, and setting up at their games every time. And I remember this mother say to her child, if you go get another chapstick from that booth, so have me. I was like, oh, okay. So we've been here too many times at this point. It's kind of time to move on or move locations. Like you, you'll get hints, um, but I, I don't know that anything was necessarily a flop, but I, I, I think it tells you when it's time to change things up. 
right. adjust, <laughs> adapt, pivot, in the words of the year. <laughs> so, as yeah. we've been doing through 2020. Yes. Right. So speaking, that's a good, so speaking of through 2020, so with live sports being remote or in a bubble, right? And, you know, mm -hmm. what type of content do you feel is most useful to leverage in the current 2020 climate? Digital, digital, digital. Like this is 100% digital. You know, I read this stat um, prior to coming on here that said that, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know how accurate this is, and maybe you know better than I do, but this one stat that I read said that 83% of fans check the sports team social media or maybe NHL media, whatever it was that they're looking at while watching. So even no matter if we're back in 2019 and everyone can go to, out to a game or we're, you know, here and living life in 2020 and watching everything on our screens, trying to find ways to engage with fans on the digital platforms, I, I think is the direction we have to go in going forward, no matter what, even when we are back to a point where we can go and, and be um, there for a live action game. The Dolphins did a really good job of that last season at the on the jumbotron during the games, but people are being forced to doing it on mobile devices and at home now because there's no in person. And it has to be organic. It has to be genuine, and it has to be heartfelt. Um, like the uh, there was a new Nike commercial that oh. came out. Oh my god! Just this week. So good. So good. Brilliant. The fifty-fifty um, one, right? The one where it's half. Half and half. Yes, yes, the, the half screen was just amazing. Um, but, but I think we need we need relationships and we need partnerships and that we have to find a way to to do that digitally where there's still that that touch that you know that we lose digitally but somehow maintain it. That, still gives you a feeling, right? Like we can looking for that feeling, that emotion that connects you and trying to find ways to do that. It's not easy. Like this is, this is my one thing is companies will go in and as a whole, we will spend billions of dollars on sports marketing as, as, um, as the world does. Like they, they will spend billions a year on sports marketing. But if you just go in there and you just put a logo and, and, and you're not going to connect, it's not going to get you what you want. You've got to find to Didi's point, how to be genuine, how to be real, how to connect and that's hard work and sometimes you, you hit it right on and you know like this is we've done this one right and other times it's just like okay all right that's good it's not good enough but it's good <laughs> let's right go there. better next time yeah. we're almost there it's hard it's hard to come up with those unique ideas um, that help you connect with consumers i mean we see this every day in every single ad that's going out there some things go viral and some things don't that nike ad that viral yeah that and then beautiful. microsoft so microsoft i'm not sure if both of you have seen but during the nba games they're the ones doing the digital fans so two to three hundred people a game have their digital image at the side on the court during the games around all the brands being advertised so microsoft you know teams skype whatever brands fall within that realm for them you know are getting an extra digital play and some of the players that used to play for the teams are in the audience and there's funny memes coming out of it and it's all authentic and organic because it's true fans that want yeah. to watch the game sitting there watching the whole game. Yeah. Well, I've seen the MLB like um, poster boards that were yeah. like in, that, like, yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, um, they're $86 for the whole season. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying, like, did somebody, somebody had, uh, um, 
what, what, what was that movie with the, the guy from the beach? Somebody had one of the poster boards was the cutout from the guy that um, they kept That's moving around. That because he was dead and they kept moving him around. Oh, oh, oh we got Bernie's. Bernie's. They had Bernie as a cutout board somewhere. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is great. Like, that's fun and it's different. And, you know, everyone wants to see their face on, on TV or up on the Jumbotron. So now we're just finding a new way to do it with our today's norm. What today's norm is, because I hope it's not tomorrow's norm. So you say new ways to do it full circle, you know, starting making waves together, you bring years of marketing experience and years of friendship and collaboration all all in one to making waves. You know, what are some key focus areas that you would leverage in, in these spaces for your you know, current and prospective clients? Um, well, I think to what I had said earlier, you know, we really focus on um, smaller local businesses. So the ability to be a sponsor of a Panthers or a Dolphin or a Marlin or a Heat. I got all four of those Miami ones in. Good job. Good um, job. Oh, wait a minute. Then there's the soccer one. Soccer. What, <laughs> FC? FC? What are they? Inner Miami, Miami FC. Inner Miami, Miami FC. FC. Okay. Listen, bam, there I was. I got them all in. But because we have like clients that are smaller in nature and those local businesses, uh, the way for them to connect might be through that. Um, youth sports and staying connected that way and, and building relationships that way. I think, I think something we bring is, uh, you know, where we have years and years and years of experience and we can come and work for your small business and you get this, this expert knowledge and wisdom and built relationships built for decades um, for like a portion, a fraction of what you would pay to bring in an executive at that level. Um, and we understand how important it is to jump on something that your business is super important to you. And we, it's super important to us too. So we, we respect deadlines and we value your business um, and we value relationships. So I think, I think that's what we bring with Making Waves. Yeah, I like that whole experience thing. I mean, it's a hundred percent true because Didi's coming from the arena side, right? And the um, the entity, the, you know, whether it's the Promoter. show or Promoter. Promoter side, right. And then I'm coming from the client side as the one that's done a relationship with every single type of, you know, major league sports from soccer, football, to basketball, to baseball, to hockey. So I think we've got the bases covered and, um, she's right. Like we, we are engaged and want to make our, our partners succeed just as much as we want to succeed. Like their success is our success. That's important, right? That's building relationships mm -hmm. and moving the business forward. That's what it's about. Yep. yep. Well, thank you both for taking the time today. I was excited to spend time with both of you and uh, we will chat soon. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Well, thanks, ladies. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.